0: Hello, and welcome back to the Mindspace podcast. We're doing things a little bit different today. No script. I'm literally free talking. This is where I feel like I get the most out of myself when I'm not scripted, when I'm not thinking about what I'm saying, and we are just having a conversation. So let me occupy a space in your mind as we venture through who it is you are. This is the million dollar question, right? I feel like this question is asked, is pondered about throughout life and oftentimes it's probably one of the biggest questions that baffles most of the clients that come into my clinic. They can explain to me who they are as a mom, as a wife, as a colleague, as a friend, but they can find it difficult, should I say, to express who it is they are to themselves, who they want to be who they aspire to be, and allowing themselves to just be free in who they are. And I think a part of that is because it is hard for people to step out of themselves, their labels, um, the roles and hats that they play from day to day, and just be themselves. And I don't think anyone has really allowed the space for them to be themselves. And oftentimes people are looking for belonging, they're looking for comfort, they're looking to fit in. And not many people have been allowed to step outside of their box and still be accepted. To be unordinary and know that that's okay, to be different to everyone else but still have your place is something I believe that not many people are accustomed to, not many people are open to, and not many people are willing to step outside of that box and be something different to what society tells them to be. So how do you build that courage to be different to everyone else, to be who it is you want to be? I guess this happens in many layers as well. I guess it's learning to know who it is you are by allowing yourself to explore who you are. And we first start by exploring who we are by turning into ourselves, by identifying what we do well and what we don't do well, identifying what parts of ourselves are strong, are under control, do serve a purpose, and what parts of myself are my limitations? Could it be my thought processes? Could it be my perspectives? Could it be the people I hang around with? Could it be things that I'm holding on to from the past that I'm finding difficult to let go of? All of these smaller pieces build into the biggest piece, which is you. So in the last episode, you would have heard me speak about your map, in strategic psychotherapy, we learn that it, throughout time, everyone builds their own kind of map. This is from when you're born up into whatever age you are. It is an accumulation of experiences, of thoughts, of perceptions, be it through observation or actually living these out. That then plot and plan your map. And what no one does really often is to go back and check them up. How valid is it now? How valid are the perceptions I have on life now? What's working well for me? What isn't working well for me? Am I actually happy where I am or is there something that I need to change? And if there is something I need to change, how do I actually go about it? People enjoy comfort and people search for comfort in belonging somewhere. And oftentimes when I tell my clients that you need to step out of what you do, Step out of the ordinary things you're doing, and in order to break those processes, you need to do the opposite. It can be quite confronting, it can be something that more often than not they fear because you're telling me to be everything I'm not. So, then if I'm everything I'm not, what and who am I? People like direction people like to have a rule book people like to have other examples be it positive or negative in order to provide a sense of predictability and now when you have individuals and you're telling them just go off and be you go off and create a new map go off and create a new sense of being you have given them so much control of themselves based on their own perception and direction that they don't know what to do with it. And this is something I actually experienced myself when I was going through this whole self discovery and identifying who I am and who I want to be and what's working for me, what isn't and, you know, the negative processes I've had within myself. So oftentimes when people are trying to find who it is they are and they do have this new sense of freedom, they don't know how to recreate a map. And this is because we spend so much time trying to fit into the labels and hats that society tell us to. So I know what's required of me in my work. I know what's required of me to the standard of my partner. I know what's required of me to the standard of my children. I know what's required of me as a daughter and so forth and so forth and so forth. So because we carry all of these labels, we have a kind of sense of direction and predictability on how we need to fill them up. But what people don't understand is you're filling up those hats and those boxes based on someone else's expectation of you. Let me say that again, based on someone else's expectation of you, hence why you are never truly being yourself. So if we live a life where we're constantly filling up other people's shoes with our feet, are those shoes ever going to feel like they're ours? More than likely, no. And that is why a lot of people are feeling a sense of identity crisis, not knowing where they do belong. They're feeling stuck. They're feeling as though there should be so much more to life than what currently is. And you know what? I'm all for it because there is so much more to life than living to other people's expectations, wants, or needs from you. Because you need to honor yourself in order to fulfill those other roles to the best of your ability. And you need to do so selflessly. And I think this is something that a lot of people have trouble with as well, is doing things for others, for themselves, without expecting anything return. We live a life where we need to meet other people's expectations And when we do meet their expectations, we expect something in return. We live in a 50-50 life. Well, should I say that's a cognitive distortion because there is no 50-50 in life. There is no guarantee what you put in you're going to get back, um, be it with others, with a business. The only thing that you know is guaranteed is the effort you put into yourself. If you value it, you will definitely get that back. But People run a lot of this is unfair, injustice, anger about things when they're mistreated by others. But what they don't understand is it's because you've held yourself in a specific manner, expecting something back in return. And when that expectation isn't met, you are then disappointed. However, if you were to show up how you show up for the people around you, for yourself, in a selfless manner, perhaps taking on board that what you're doing is for the sake of God and no one else. Not to get anything back, not to look good in that person's eyes, not to be acknowledged, not to be praised, but purely put the intention in your heart that what you're doing, you're doing for the sake of God. And I guarantee you more often than not, you won't be disappointed because you're stepping outside of yourself and looking at the higher purpose. Now, when you're finding who it is you are, you always need to have a higher driver, be it an internal driver or an external driver. Obviously, internal drivers are far more substantial and longer lasting than external drivers, but finding a balance between both is also something that's very important. Why is it important to have an internal and external driver? because they're the things that keep you accountable. They're the things that keep you driven. But what worries me most is when people only have external drivers and they're reliant on these external drivers, once these external drivers disappear, they are then unable to perform or continue to keep up with the change or the behaviours and thoughts and processes in a positive direction that they were acquiring. So if the external driver isn't there, they're not pushed towards achieving. That is why an internal driver is so important. You need to have a purpose far higher than your excuses. You need to have an all or nothing thought imagination, idea, belief in yourself, who you want to be, what you want to achieve. So when the excuses creep in, they are quiet. If you run a lot of excuse making and lack of motivation, it's because you have allowed that to be loud. You have allowed that to take over your thoughts. You have allowed your sense of self to be devalued by these thoughts and these excuses because your vision isn't big enough because who you want to be isn't important enough for you because finding out who it is you are isn't your driver that is why the excuses win that is why the feeling of motivation isn't there that is why you consistently wanting to be better and have that discipline is non-existent because your reason of why isn't Bigger than all the little excuses. And I'll tell you what change, drive, bigger purpose, stepping outside of yourself isn't massive life changes. People have this all wrong. People are waiting for a catastrophe or an aha moment or like an injection that's going to give them everything they need to step in the right direction. But life doesn't work like that. It has taken you X amount of years to get into this rut, this stuck, this not knowing who you are. It's going to take you X amount of years to rebuild yourself. And the rebuilding happens in small steps. If you're looking at building a house, you don't go to the factory and get the house completely set and plop it on the land it happens in layers. There's foundational pieces, there's measurements that need to be made, there's, you know, uh, soil measurements that need to be taken so the foundation that it's on doesn't crack and doesn't cause other discrepancies in your build. That is just for building a house. Can you imagine building yourself into something greater than what you are? Can you imagine how much consistency and discipline that takes? And being able to to acquire that discipline and that consistency takes time, takes effort. It's unlearning everything you've learned up until now, be it 20, 30, 40, 50 years of hard wiring that you need to rewire. And it is in small, consistent steps that you rebuild a higher self that you find out who it is you are it starts in identifying what it is you want to work on where are the gaps in your skill set are there new resources or skills or people you need to bring on board or remove out of your life which are hindering or can help you achieve who it is you are People are wanting a new life, a new version of themselves, but they're not willing to put in the hard work, nor are they willing to make the sacrifices or hard choices, such as moving away from specific friends, such as being uncomfortable, such as sitting in the unknown, such as being outcasted as different in order to achieve achieve who they want to become. And that is what it takes. It takes everything you don't want to do or be to be a higher version of yourself. And you're talking to someone who has spent four years working to build a bigger and better version of me. And, you know, it does not just happen. And there's times where it's going great and there's times where it's not. And there's times where, no, I don't want to have a higher purpose right now. And then there's times where it's, no one can bring me down. We are human. We fluctuate. We don't just stay steady. But it's knowing that even though I'm not motivated right now, I can still take action. So things can coexist. This is another thing that I see in people who walk into my clinic, who are a part of my women's group, that they don't comprehend that good and bad can coexist together. So what do I mean by this? You can still run anxiety and take action on your to-do list. You can still have a bad three hours in the day and make the next four great. You can still have zero motivation to go to the gym but you can still be there With that lack of motivation, taking action and running on the treadmill for 10 minutes. Good and bad can exist together. You can be sad but still show up at work. You can be agitated but still make a phone call. That's important. You don't need to consistently wait for positive feelings to take positive action. You don't need to wait for perfect circumstances to take action on your life. Oftentimes people live in contingencies. When this person changes, that means I'll be better. When I move house, I won't have the same problems. If I just change my job because that boss is, you know, giving me a headache, I won't be unhappy anymore. People are waiting for everything outside of them to change in order for them to feel some kind of positivity or sense of direction or self belief. But that is not how it works. You are powerless when you give everything outside of your control. You are actually putting your self worth your determination, your reason of why in other people's hands or in places such as uh, your work, your home, rather than keeping that to you. And what does that do? That leaves you constantly chasing something that you're never going to acquire. And you're never going to acquire it because it is in the wrong place to start with, it is based on things we cannot control. I cannot control other people. I cannot control their perceptions of me. I cannot control their, their choices they make. I cannot control my boss at work. I cannot control my colleagues. I cannot always control where I live and where where I stay. And if I'm putting all of the power in things that I have no control out over, Am I ever going to find who it is I am? It's impossible. It is impossible because everything outside of you is constantly changing. And if your power is outside of you, that power is constantly changing. And change is good. Change is great. But change that is controlled internally is good and great. What people fail to understand is having control of yourself, inside of yourself, is where it all starts. You cannot meet other people very deeply if you haven't met yourself very deeply. If you don't understand your processes of how you think, why you think in that manner the perceptions you've taken on board according to whom do you have these limiting beliefs of you not being good enough of you not being worthy of success of fearing of being judged or fearing of being disappointed or fearing of being abandoned and these are just some of the most um obvious things that walk into my door on a daily basis that I deal with in clinic and it comes back down to Once we identify all of those things within ourselves, where they came from, how we continue to do it now, and how am I going to break this cycle, break this process, dysregulate it within myself, then I am able to be of service to others. But if I am running so much irregulation inside of me, there is only so much I can offer to those around me. And it's going to be from a place of emotion or projection and not logic. So, what happens when we have all of these bits of ourselves that go undiscovered? We tend to carry these things. In our natural behaviours, in our knee-jerk reactions, in our thought processes, in our negative expectancy, in our ruminating, because if something feels familiar to what I've experienced in the past, my brain tells me that they're the same. So if I've experienced something negative in my past... And I'm experiencing something similar to it now. And the outcome in the past was negative. It left me shattered. It left me sad. It left me crying. You know, it left me in a really hopeless, hopeless place. And I'm now in a similar sense of emotional space. My brain cannot filter what's happening now to what's happening then if I am not aware of the process I run. And so many people aren't aware of their processes that they run. So they react. They get angry. They don't respond with logic. They respond with emotion, with impulse, uh, perhaps leading to addiction, leading to limitation, to anxiety, to depression, because they're unable to filter that because I have experienced this once doesn't mean I'm experiencing it right now. Us as human beings, we globalize. So if I've experienced this before, I'm experiencing it again, it's the exact same thing. And can you imagine how many layers of this we have? How deep this goes in all of us? It goes very far. And building layer upon layer upon layer upon layer takes a lot of work to then rewire every layer and really sit with ourself and accept the part of ourself that isn't showing up in the most healthy manner, that isn't showing up as who it is I am, that isn't allowing me to be the higher version of myself. But it comes into accepting, accepting yourself, accepting that, no, you don't have everything together. No, you do run some pretty negative processes. No, you can be quite critical of yourself but you're also a work in progress. And when we can be humble to ourself and accept ourself for our flaws, for the things we're not so good at, for the processes that we do run, and we take ownership, accountability, and control of them, we then have the same humbleness to others. So when they don't show up how we want, when they're not being their best self, when they're giving you knee-jerk reactions, you can come across to them in a place of humbleness, of responsiveness, of support, rather than trigger, emotion, projection. So all in all, who it is you are is inside of you. Find out what you do well, find out what you don't do well, and try and bridge the gap between them, but also know that not Every gap needs to be bridged because if you focus all of your time and energy on what you do well, that can help you excel. But building up on those little behaviours can help you excel further. Give without expecting. Understand that everyone has something they're battling, whether you know about or you don't know about it. And always remember to have a driver that is higher than you, higher than your excuses, higher than your limiting beliefs, and let it be one that is internally driven. So there's times where you are running an excuse, your driver trumps it. I'm going to leave you with a little bit of pondering. As you know, we have so many strong role models in our religion that we're blessed, 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 blessed to have. And I just want to come back to the point of know what you do good and do it well. If you look at the men and women in our religion, that were businesswomen and men, that were soldiers, that were caretakers. Some of them done their house duties exceptionally well than everyone else. Some of them were out on the battlefield and were renowned for their ability to show up on a battlefield. There were women that were like Khadija radiallahu anha that was known for her business skills, her entrepreneur skills. She was an independent, successful woman. You don't see someone who is good on a battlefield trying to take up academics and putting themselves down when they're not getting it, and you don't see someone who is good at running a business focusing solely on house duties when she knows she has the ability to do so much more than that, and you don't have someone who is great at running a household, putting themselves down, that this is all they're good for. Your success is in your own eye. Your power is in what you do well. And no matter what level you do this at, if you do it well enough, You will always leave something behind for people to talk highly of about you, whether you're just a housewife, a businesswoman, a business owner, or you're doing all. Don't settle for less than who it is you are. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mindspace podcast. If you would like to join my women's group, no matter where you are around the world, please send me an email at support at mindspaceacademy.com.au. Otherwise, if you want to know more about me, check out my website, www.mindspaceacademy.com.au and I'll speak to you soon. Peace.